if you could uh, please uh, turn it to uh, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. And I have a very simple, uh, very simple uh, lesson today from, uh, from a Bible verse that uh, we all know and uh, very, very familiar uh, to us. And uh, uh, John 3.16. And it's uh, one of the first uh, Bible verses that I uh, learned when I was a child. And... Uh, um, we use it out, uh, out in uh, witnessing and uh, just quote it off the top of our heads and we've heard it preached uh, time and time again. But I wonder if we really, really uh, dig deep and uh, understand what, uh, what it really says. And I've got ten things uh, written down here that uh, point to this as being uh, um, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, Bible verse in the Bible, and uh, we're going to go ahead and read it, uh, verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, uh, of course, the uh, Bible uh, starts off uh, uh, for God, and uh, just uh, just thinking about how uh, God has provided salvation uh, uh, for us and uh, and uh, if you look at Psalm chapter 8 Psalm chapter 8 got a lot of a lot of bible verses uh, to turn to Psalm chapter 8 I'm just uh, want to uh, dwell on what the Lord has uh, done for us and uh, take a closer look at this this verse here. Uh, Psalm chapter 8 and uh, verse 1, the Bible says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Who has set thy glory above the heavens? That's our God. Uh, the, Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. His name is excellent. Right. And, uh, in all the earth, uh, over, over, over every name, His name takes precedence. His glory is above the heavens. And the Bible says in Revelation 4.11, uh, I was going to quote it, but I better read it. Uh, Revelation chapter uh, 4.11 uh, the Bible says, just keep your uh, um, finger in Psalm chapter 8 there, but uh, Revelation 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Uh, Psalm 8 verse 2 says, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast Thou ordained strength because of Thine enemies, that Thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, 
What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? We look at the heavens, uh, we, uh, we look at uh, the moon and the stars, we see uh, the sun, we, uh, I, uh, I, I take uh, my, my baby out and, uh, outside and to show him the trees and the blue sky and the grass and the, the, the sun, and it just... Uh, it, uh, and just show him all that God has created, even now, just showing him that and teaching him that. And we consider all that God has created, and then God created us as well. What is man that God should even be mindful of us? Uh, what, uh, that God should step into our world, that God should step into my world, into my life, and uh, uh, want to save a sinful soul like mine. Uh, it's uh, beyond comprehension. It's uh, beyond human understanding that he would visit the likes of us. Now, uh, uh, back in uh, uh, John chapter uh, 3, the Bible talks about for God so loved. Now, one of the greatest things, and the first thing I want you to see is the greatest love. The greatest love we have ever known. We've not known a greater love than this. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And the Bible says, for God so loved. That word, that little word, two-letter word, so, has great big meaning. It means it's indescribable and incommunicable. And you can't describe the love of God. It's just so so big, so great. And uh, there's uh, uh, over in Hebrews chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2, I see another another word that has the word so in it. In Hebrews chapter 2 and uh, verse 3, Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3, Uh, The Bible says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him? It's so great salvation, and God's love, He so loved the the world. So that's the greatest love. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says this, For God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And uh, then 1 John 4.19 says, We love Him because He first loved us. It's a can't comprehend so great love. He saved us from so great a death. He delivered us from so great a death. Gave us so great salvation because He so loved us. And I find it interesting that uh, that this loved is uh, it's in the past tense, not the present tense. And uh, try to look at uh, other verses in the Bible, and it always says in the past tense. And uh, I, I look at that and try to think, and maybe I overthink things a little bit too much, but I looked at 1 John 4 and verse 9, and the Bible says, In this was manifested 
past tense, the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And I, I wonder if sometimes we sing, yes, Jesus loves me, I wonder if we should be singing it, yes, Jesus loved me. Because I, because I got to thinking about it, and people, if people say all the t time when you're out witnessing to them, well, how would a, how could a loving God send me to hell? They can't comprehend that because they think God loves them. But you know when they're standing before God and they try to use that excuse before God, well, you won't throw me into hell. You love me. No, he, he loved them on the cross. He loved them and died for them so that they could have salvation, so that they could believe on His only begotten Son Good. and be saved. Good. And he, he, God can't prove His love any more than what He did on Calvary. Amen. Right. He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross for, for sinners. I can't understand that. And Jesus uh, can't prove His love any more than laying down His life for us and dying on the cross. So uh, that's not going to be an excuse that they'll be able to use at the judgment seat because uh, he said, uh, he's, God's going to say, I love you and provided a way for you to be saved. And you rejected that love. Depart from me. Ye that work iniquity, I never knew you. What sad words. What sad words. Now, uh, so, for God so loved, second greatest thing is the greatest company. The greatest company. The world. For God so loved the world. Now, the Bible says in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, 1 Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. Or actually verse 3. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have how many men to be saved? <laughs> All, All men sir. to be saved. And that, that all man is uh, all mankind, that's uh, men, women, and children. Uh, God will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for how many? Oh, oh yes. to be testified in due time. The Bible says in uh, Romans uh, 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of uh, God. So it just stands to reason that if uh, all sin, all need to be saved. Sure. And there's many people in, in this world that still have not heard about Jesus. They still have not heard the good news. There's a people in the farthest reaches of the globe that still have not heard yet. And there, there were people in Guyana when uh, we ministered to people in Guyana said they never heard about Jesus before. First time they'd ever heard about him. Oh, they they'd heard they had heard about Jim Jones. They knew about Jim Jones, and uh, they, they, knew, they knew what he did, but they never heard the name of Jesus Christ before. 
And uh, so uh, God wants uh, all men, women, and children, rich and poor, uh, in every race to be saved. Amen. And this is, a, this, is a, this is a good verse. You can show the gospel through this one verse, uh, John 3.16. Uh, so uh, the greatest company, the world, Titus chapter 2, Titus chapter 2 and uh, verse 11, Titus chapter 2 and uh, verse 11, the Bible says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And uh, so uh, the third thing we see in John chapter 3, uh, verse 16 is, For God so loved the world that He gave. That He gave. Now that's the greatest action. The greatest action. In Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, verse uh, uh, 25 the Bible talking to husbands, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a, a self-sacrificial love. And if you're married, you would give yourself a, a sacrificially to prove your love to your wife. And uh, it's uh, self-sacrificial. Jesus Christ sacrificed Himself for the church and gave Himself for it. And all we had to do after He gave uh, his, this gift is receive it. Is receive it. And we're going to look at that. That leads us into the fourth uh, greatest thing. The greatest gift uh, is uh, He gave His only begotten Son. He gave His only begotten Son. And the uh, Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8-9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a, it's a free gift. And, uh, and uh, we don't have to earn it. We don't have to, have to work for it. It's just uh, freely given, freely received. And uh, I, I thought about that too, and it's 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 brought tears to my eyes, especially now that I now that I have a son. That uh, that would I give my only begotten son? Mm. You know, it took, uh, took us uh, fourteen years to uh, to get around to finally uh, ha having our having our little baby boy. But uh, thinking about what God did, His only begotten Son, have you thought about it? Have you, have, have you thought about, would, would you give your only begotten Son for, uh, for an adulterer? For a murderer? For a thief? I, I, I love my Son. I, I can't say I would do that. And again, it blows my mind. Why would God do that for us? Why would God send His only begotten Son to this earth to, uh, to be born of a virgin and uh, be, uh, be put into a, a manger and then uh, grow up uh, thir uh, 30, 33 years, uh, uh, die on the cross, uh, hand, uh, hands... 
uh, the nails driven through his hands and feet, a uh, crown of thorns placed upon his head, just, not just placed there, but beat down on there, where the thorns went into his head, uh, beaten with many stripes, beard plucked out, beat, spit upon, mocked. God did that for us. And I, could, I couldn't see uh, myself forgiving my son to go through that. But God did it for us. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And that was a gift. The blood that was shed on the cross. Pure, sinless blood. Never did one sin in his life, but did always those things that pleased the Father. Praise the Lord. You know, uh, we... Uh, we... Uh, we... Uh, or, not we, but... Uh, People in this world, they uh, show uh, movies to, to their kids. And, uh, you know, it's got a lot of blood and gore. Let them play video games and stuff. And it's got all this blood on it. And you let them see that. But you bring them to church and they don't, they don't want them to hear about the blood of Jesus because it's too messy and too gory. We need that. Yes, we sir. need the blood-washed, uh, 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 the, the preaching of uh, God and the preaching of the Bible and... Uh, to hear about the uh, blood that washed us from our sins. We need to hear that. Amen. We need our kids to hear that. I need, I need Jaden to hear that. I need my son to hear that. I need him to be in church so he can hear the gospel, hear the, about the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ so that one day it, God will draw him to himself to be saved. Good teaching. Now, the, now uh, we also have in John three sixteen uh, the greatest invitation that we will ever receive. Uh, he gave his only begotten Son, uh, that whosoever, whosoever, whosoever means anybody. It's inclusive. Anybody can come. Anybody can come. The Bible says in Romans 10.13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever means anybody. Whosoever surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me, surely meaneth me. How many of you remember that song? Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. And verse 17, Revelation chapter 22. And verse 17, the, the Bible says, And the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. That's interesting. The Holy Spirit working hand in hand with the Bride of Christ, the church. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come and let him that is a thirst come. Uh, that's three times you see in that verse, come. And the Bible says, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. You know, in the Bible, that's the last call. That's the last welcome. That's the last invitation that's given in Revelation. Greatest invitation. You think about the invitation you might receive to a wedding or uh, to a uh, or to a special event uh, where you have to RSVP. Uh, and but uh, uh, God's given us an invitation uh, to uh, to receive Him. 
and that that's whosoever anybody can come now the now the sixth greatest thing is the greatest response that whosoever believeth in him believeth in him and Romans 10:9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved and so, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9 through 11. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So he's got a name which is above every name. And one of these days, at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I dare say that even Satan, before he's thrown into the, into the lake of fire, he's going to have to confess. Because the Bible says every tongue. Yes. And every knee is going to bow. So uh, uh, that's the greatest response is to believe. I, uh, John chapter 6 over here, John chapter 6 and verse 67, uh, Jesus was talking unto the twelve. He said, verse 67, Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? That was after many of his disciples went back, walked no more with him. Jesus said unto them, Will ye also go away? Verse 68, Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And verse 16 Notice this verse, key verse, and we believe, we believe and are sure. You believe today and are you sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God? Uh, what, what a blessing to believe and be sure that we're saved. And uh, then the next greatest uh, thing, uh, John chapter 3 and verse uh, 16, Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. That's a promise. That's the greatest promise. So, so far we have the greatest love, the greatest company, the greatest action, the greatest gift, the greatest invitation, the greatest response. Now we have the greatest promise that we should not perish. Jesus said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So uh, it's, uh, the choice is set before uh, the loss today, repent or perish. And uh, I use uh, Daniel's uh, uh, three friends uh, in Daniel chapter 3 um, uh, for this right here, for this uh, um, illustration, uh, Daniel chapter 3. 
And you know what that is. That's uh, where the, the Hebrew children would not bow to the idol, Nebuchadnezzar's idol made of gold. And they were supposed to bow down when they uh, heard the music. But you know, I, I, I admire these uh, guys, these Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because they would not bow. And they would not bend. And they, they, they were, everyone around them, bowing down to the golden idol. Bowing down at the sound of the music. But I can just see these three guys standing straight and tall. Yeah. St standing straight and tall. And they, they'd heard the proclamation, if you don't bow and if you don't bend, uh, you're going to go into that uh, fiery furnace. And they stood there straight and tall and did and 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 this is what they said right here. Uh, he, uh, the king said, "Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands?" In verse fifteen, last part, "Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands?" Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, "O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter." They were not going to shy away. They were not going to cower down. They were going to uh, trust their God if it was to their last breath. And the Bible says in verse 17, this was their answer. If it be so, our God whom we serve, that same God who you said will not deliver us out of your hands, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. That we look at their faith. Wow. He will deliver us. But if not, there is that chance too. Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar gets furious, gets angry, and the form of his visage was changed against them. He heated the furnace up one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And it was so hot that it, 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 it killed a, a few of the soldiers there, slew the men that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they threw them in and then closed the door behind them. And they're bound. They're bound and they're in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. But you know, they're in there. The king, the king Nebuchadnezzar looks, looks in there. There's four men, not three. There's four men walking loose. He, he said, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. Verse 25, He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Yeah. And then they took them out of there. The fire had no power over them. They, they, uh, their, uh, their hair on their head was not singed. Their clothes were not burned. The smell of fire had not even passed on them. You know, our God is able to deliver us. Our God 
He has a, he, if we have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and He has saved us, the fire of hell has no power over us as Christians. The fire has no power. And when, when we get to heaven, when we pass through the gates of heaven, the smell of fire will not have uh, passed on us. Our clothes will not have been singed. Uh, the, uh, our hair will, will not have been uh, singed. We'll pass through the gates of heaven uh, uh, with uh, robes uh, clean and white. Amen. Good preacher. Thank God for His deliverance. And then, the, and that's, why, that's why we can go through life and we, 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 cannot, we don't have to be careful or ashamed to answer the world when they ask us a reason of the hope that lieth in us. The, um, then the, I need to get on here. Uh, the, after the greatest promise, you have the greatest contrast. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but that signals something that's opposite, something that's contrasted. It should not perish, but something's coming that is opposite of perish. Praise the Lord. It's contrasted. Romans 6.23, another example. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And then Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Oh boy, look at this. Ephesians chapter 2. And verses 1 through 13, this, 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 these are good verses here. And the, the Bible says in verse 1, And you hath he quickened, or made alive, you hath he quickened, who were, past tense, dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." But God, but God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us. Isn't that what we have been talking about? Uh, verse 5, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved. Uh, look at... Uh, uh, Look at uh, verse uh, 11 there. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, that's what we were before we were saved, having no hope, we were hopeless, 
And without God in the world, there's a lot of people in the world, a lot of people lost in uh, trespasses and sins, dead in trespasses and sins. They are without hope. They are without God in the world. Verse 13, But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You know that we we all were like that before we got saved. At one, that time uh, before we got saved, before I got saved, it was without Christ. I had no hope. I was out without God in the world until that day when I was 16 years old in 1994 at the Cornerstone Baptist Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado. My pastor, uh, Pastor Dean Miller, preached on Sunday night about the tribulation and the Antichrist. I thought I was already saved. But I needed assurance of my salvation. And I stood there at my pew after that message thinking about, should I go up and uh, see if I'm saved? Uh, what will my friends think about me if they already think I'm saved? But God drew me to Him. And I walked the aisle. And I got saved. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, I've been in church all my life. I'd heard it over and over and over again. My dad, my dad and mom brought me to church. I've been in an independent Baptist churches all of my life and heard the Bible, King James Bible preached over and over and heard the gospel over and over and it worked and I heard it and I got saved. And one of these days, Jaden, by God's grace, is going to hear it over and over in the, in the church, hear the Bible preached, and one day, by God's grace, I hope, I pray that he will walk the aisles and be saved. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And I thank God for second chances. Because there's a, because there was a time after I was saved, when I was about 20, uh, my, my dad uh, took us out of a church. The church stopped uh, preaching the King James Bible, and uh, my dad was really big on the King James Bible, and uh, he uh, took us out of church, and uh, uh, the only trouble is we didn't go back to church. We stayed out of church. And uh, we, he, he said, we'll, we'll just read the Bible and we'll pray at home. And well, that's good and all that it's good to read the Bible at home it's good to pray at home but it doesn't take the place of church it doesn't take the place of church fellowship it doesn't take the place of preaching from the word of God and uh, we, we got out of church and got to drive in my own car and got to, uh, got to work in my job and we eventually left home and uh, I worked at Pizza Hut up in Montana uh, me and my brother, and uh, we, uh, we, uh, we worked, at, worked that job, and we uh, got involved uh, with a cr crowd that uh, wasn't good. And they invited us over one time to a house for a birthday party, but it wasn't a birthday party uh, with uh, uh, cake and ice cream like we thought. It was a birthday party with wild dancing and music and uh, uh, dim houses, dim house, uh, dim lighted house, and uh, smoking and uh, things like that going on. And my brother, me and my brother didn't take part on it. I remember we were sitting, we were sitting on the couch, and uh, we were watching all this going on. And uh, I, I can't remember whether he, my brother, nudged me or if I nudged him. But we said we're not supposed to be here. We know better. 
And we got up to leave. And as soon as we got up to leave and got, uh, started to go out the door, one of these young ladies, uh, young girls came and uh, tried to uh, talk us into coming back in. And said, why don't you come back in? And we n said, no, we've got to go. And we left and we didn't go back. Amen. And then we got into church. We did ourselves. And I believe that was of the Lord. Now, it wasn't really a good church. It was a G-A-R-B-C church, General Association of Regular Baptists. And it was dead as anything. I mean, you, uh, you, you, you uh, say amen and everybody kind of woke up and look around and see who's saying amen. And, uh, but it was, it was still preaching. And it was preaching from the Word of God. And we needed that. And then it wasn't too long after, uh, I, uh, my other brother, um, he was already going to a church not too far away, and he said, well, why don't you come to, my, uh, come to our church? It's kind of what we're used to, uh, real, really good Bible preaching. And so uh, me, me and my brother uh, Jason went over to that other church, and it was, uh, it was in that church that, um, that we um, met Brother James Knox. He came up to Montana and uh, and uh, he uh, told uh, uh, me about Bible school and uh, free Bible school and then I packed up with uh, uh, seventy dollars in my pocket and uh, went got on a Greyhound bus and went to uh, Bible school there and uh, and uh, and that's. That's all. I, that's that's what I wanted. I mean, we. I didn't get to go to 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 a college. I didn't get to go Bible college. I wanted to go to Hiles Anderson, but that didn't work out. And that would have been thousands of dollars. That's way out of my league. But uh, to go to Bible school and to hear nothing but the Bible and to be taught nothing but the Bible—that was a blessing. To go through the school of hard knocks. Had to say it. <laughs> the school of hard knocks. The hard tests and uh, get involved in ministry and uh, just worn out and uh, had to work a job too. Is just and, uh, got to hear when I went to down, downtown Orlando street preaching. I had never done that before. And uh, her uh, and uh, her brother Chris Riley down there preaching on the street. It's like, whoa, what's this? And pretty soon I was doing that. I was street preaching. Hallelujah. And then uh, while at the Bible conference there, I met my wife. Praise the Lord. <laughs> God brought me down from Montana to, get, to go Bible school. God brought her from South Carolina to go to that Bible conference. Praise the Lord. And we met there, and we we uh, we be, we uh, became friends first, and we were friends for four years before we started praying about uh, um, uh, about what God would do in our lives if God wanted us uh, to get married or not. And I and after I uh, graduated from Bible school, I went over to Guyana and filled in for Brother Dean Runyon over there for uh, for a few months about seven months and it was during that time that we started praying uh, about uh, and she and I didn't know it but she was praying as well and God just worked everything out <laughs> God made me a missionary served two terms on the on the mission field in South Carolina South Carolina 
And now we're getting ready to go to South, not South Carolina, South America, and then getting ready to go to South uh, Dakota. And, uh, and uh, then uh, God, brought, God brought a baby into our lives 14 years later. Amen. God's been good to me. God's been be better to me than I deserve. I've got two more of these and they'll be done. Ah. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have. Have. It's ours for the asking. It can be, it, it's, in, it's in our possession. Salvation is in our possession. After we receive the Lord Jesus Christ, it can be ours. That's the greatest assurance. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. I skipped over that verse a while ago. But verses 5 through 6. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our anchor. Jesus Christ is our anchor. And we're anchored in heaven. Our souls are anchored in heaven. And we've got, it's, it, it's as good as if we are already there in heaven right now. We've got a place reserved for us in heaven. It's, we, we've, we, we, when we got saved, we, God set up our reservation in heaven. Yeah. That's better than any reservation you could make here on this earth. While we're sitting here, the Bible says He's already made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I don't know what you call that. Is that a paradox or something? I don't know. While we're here, we're also there sitting together. I, I don't understand it. I, uh, I don't know everything about God's Word yet. There's some things that in God's Word, many things in God's Word that still blows, blows my mind. But the greatest assurance... We can have it. We have it. We have it right now. And the, that's the greatest offer. The last thing is everlasting life. Amen. Everlasting life. You think about any offer this world has and it doesn't stand. It doesn't stand up. It doesn't hold up against everlasting life. And nothing in religion can offer it. Nothing in politics can offer it. Uh, nothing in the bottle can offer it. But uh, Jesus Christ has the offer. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's everlasting life. And it's a limited offer. It's a limited offer. One of these days, God's grace is going to close up. And people are not going to be able to get in right now. Right now we have a chance. Right now is the age of grace. Right now is the day of grace. And we, uh, the, uh, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That invitation is still open. It's still open, but it's a limited offer. And it's only, it's only found in one place. Yes, sir. It's found in the Bible. You can't find it in the newspaper. Nope. You, can't, you, you, you can't find it in the White House. But it's in the Bible. And it's exclusive. It's exclusive. It's a, though, everlasting life 
is exclusive only to those who have received Jesus Christ as their Savior, to those that have believed in His name. Ten things about this verse that make it the greatest. You can, and this may have just refreshed your memory, and you know, made us look at some things a little bit closer. I pray this message, this little lesson, was a blessing to you, and maybe it'll help you in in witnessing around here. Let's pray.